0: To the 95X Morning Show.
1: Glad that you are here, and we are at Watertown Regional Medical Center today. I know, made the nice drive. It's just a friendly reminder to those of you that maybe don't make it down to the Watertown area all that often. Highway 16 bypass right now. You you can't drive on it. So you got to find your way around. Luckily, there's these big, pretty blue hospital signs that you can follow, and so it's very easy to find the Regional Medical Center here in Watertown. We're going to be visiting with the folks, finding out all about what they do. Like I was, I was talking to Richard, the CEO, about this a few moments ago. Um, last time I was here doing a show was probably about 2006, and we've done a couple of shows from here in years past. So it is fantastic to be back At this beautiful facility. Thomas back at the radio station holding down the fort. I feel bad for that guy because it's going to be three days this week that he's going to have to get up extra early and come in. Did you get enough sleep last night, youngster?
2: I have some coffee nearby, so I think I'll be all right for the next hour. All
1: right, good deal. I have to say, honestly, Thomas, I am very excited about the fact that you're back on coffee. Um, I was a little concerned when you were just doing tea. I know you were trying to do the whole zen, let's be healthy thing, which is fantastic. But, man, there are so many stories that have come out over the last couple of years about how great coffee is for you, all those antioxidants and everything. So I'm glad you're back on Team Coffee. It is good to hear. All right, let's jump back into the music. Then we'll have more from Watertown Regional Medical Center coming up on 95X. everybody, it's Rick and we are live from Watertown Regional Medical Facility. It is a beautiful day, we're in the, I guess the, you'd call it the cafeteria. I, this is the place that we've done our show before, but it's been several years. Uh, we are excited uh, to learn all about what the this fantastic regional medical facility is all about. Richard Keddington is the chief executive officer. We've been having a great time catching up with one another. I understand you're a Southern California boy originally. Yeah, I am. I, I, I grew up in Southern California. Uh, I, sometimes when I tell
3: people from Wisconsin that, they kind of look at me funny. But uh, yeah, I grew up in Southern California. But I've been here for uh, 12 years in Wisconsin, so I feel more like a Wisconsinite than anything else now. Uh, Packers fan, uh, eat lots of cheese, and. I'm not from illinois so <laughs> so so I, I suppose that's my redeeming grace being from southern california <laughs> yeah. so, so that works yeah does
1: anybody ever drop the gnarly thing on you uh yeah surfer dude right and, you yeah. know a lot
3: of those kinds of yeah, things so yeah. i get that a lot yeah
1: yeah have you tried uh surfing on the rock river yet
3: uh no i have not tried surfing on the rock river i mean it's that might, river that but, might be yeah. that might be your next big yeah, adventure right right yeah <sighs> should try sometime.
1: so uh, kind of take me through like your background and how does a person become a CEO of a major medical facility like this you know I think there's a lot of pathways that people have and
3: everybody has their story of how they get there sometimes they're clinicians nurses or physicians that decide to take a leadership role because they want to have a broader influence over what's happening in the organization uh, for me uh, my, my, my story is a little bit different I, I went to college and got an undergraduate degree in sociology and you can't really do much with an undergraduate degree in sociology, so uh, I uh, was offered a job, this was 15, 20 years ago, as the assistant administrator of a nursing home and got into healthcare administration and after doing that for a couple years, said, hey, I think I'd really like hospitals, so I kind of charted a path and figured out how to get here. So uh, everybody has a different pathway, but that's 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 my pathway.
1: Yeah, yeah that's, a, that's always cool, because um, I always wonder about like, is there like a, a college course called be a ceo yeah you know is
3: yeah the, not, the, I, I don't know about what. well i guess an, an mba you know which is which is common but there are uh, programs in healthcare administration so so a lot of people do that and they want they want to go into healthcare administration so yeah there, there actually is yeah
1: well obviously healthcare is you know we don't talk about it enough because mm-hmm. it's honestly like the backbone of america because without Without healthcare, we don't keep America running. For sure, yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I always think
3: that there's a few that are, you know, uh, maybe institutions that are cornerstone institutions in our communities. Clearly, the schools are there. Uh, government, churches are just incredibly important in my in my opinion. There and then healthcare. And so for me, you know, working in healthcare, supporting the clinicians, I I don't actually care for patients, uh, but supporting the people that do, it's just incredibly important. So it's great. Yeah. What do you think about living in the Watertown area? So I live right here in Watertown. Uh, I have five kids uh, that we're raising in the Watertown area. I've lived here for seven years. I love living here. Uh, It's a great place to be, great schools, uh, lots of great friends. So it's wonderful. And, you know, for... Things where you want to go someplace a little bigger, you're just so close to Milwaukee or Madison, to where it's great. But uh, but I spend my days right here in Watertown.
1: Yeah, you're like you're you're exactly like me from a standpoint of like I like the availability of stuff being close by. Yeah, I just don't want to live in the middle of it. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, yeah,
3: exactly. I, I was telling you this earlier, but I'll kind of say this for your listeners that I uh, during the warm months I take my moped to work most days, <laughs> uh, which is funny because I, I wear a tie often, so my tie kind of flapping in the wind and everything like that. But uh, being able to get to work and and uh, get home and see my kids and and really have this job be integrated into the fabric of my life is just really awesome.
1: So what are some other things about uh, you that are maybe interesting that people don't know? Oh, let me think. Um
3: I had some interesting jobs growing up before I got into healthcare administration. So the first job that I ever had uh, was at a Red Robin restaurant. Uh-huh. I think a lot of your listeners were sure. there, but but I was too young to be a server or even to be a host, and so they let me dress up as the Robin. <laughs> so there was a Robin costume, and for it was a, it was a very busy Red Robin, and uh, and so I would entertain the guests by doing push-up contests and saying hi and playing with their kids, uh, and those costumes get really hot. Believe me. I, I, that's yeah. what I was going to yeah, ask you yeah, about. Yeah, so so that so that's uh, you know that, and then another job that I had. Uh, you mentioned that I grew up in uh, Southern California. Uh, when I was uh, in my early twenties, I decided to be a driving instructor, and so I taught teenagers how to drive on the freeways of LA. Oh no! Uh, so, so, uh, so, yeah. I've had, and I have a few other jobs. If we get more into it, but, but I've had some interesting jobs uh, in, in my life uh, that have uh, that have been really fun. Yeah.
1: So I, I remember back when I worked at a radio station in Clintonville. Um, that's right around the time that the Energizer Bunny first came out, and mm-hmm. everybody knew about the Energizer Bunny, right? And We bought a shipment of stuffed animals that were the Energizer Bunny. (laughs) So for the 4th of July parade, uh, we came up with the idea of taking all these Energizer Bunnies and hanging them all over this convertible that somebody gave us to drive in the parade. And then it was further um, taken care of that I would wear a bunny costume and beat a drum the entire play route. Like you said, 4th of July in a bunny costume. Oh, my goodness. And 90 degrees. That's worse than anything <laughs> I did in
3: terms of temperature. You got me beat on that one. Yeah, but th- those those costumes are are just ridiculously hot. You
1: know, yeah. it's one thing if, like, it's your costume and you're the only one wearing it, but that's not the case with a Red Robin <laughs> yeah, costume. Yeah, that's a good
3: point. Yeah, I did get a little sweaty in there. That's true, yeah.
1: We are live from uh, Watertown Regional Medical Center, and uh, we'll be back with more of our morning show coming up in just a couple of moments. Your weather forecast... Is straight ahead. Yeah. From the ho Gaming, Wisconsin Dell Studios, that's where Thomas is stationed today and we are streaming live on DailyDodge.com. This is 95X. We're live today at Watertown Regional Medical Facility at the Medical Center here. And okay, so we were just sitting around, you know, between the breaks, you shoot the breeze a little bit. we we got to do a shout-out to Steve, right? Sure. Yeah, because, yeah. I mean, he's amazing. Steve's amazing. Steve's amazing. People really like your Facebook page. Yeah, I think it's awesome. Right? Yeah. But if you want to be happier, experts are saying cancel your Facebook. Ah. I know. And it's, We're not going to do it. <laughs> but what they're doing right now is this Danish think tank uh, said that quitting Facebook will not only make you happier, but also less angry, less sad, and less worried. There might be a little bit of truth to that. Sure, you know, um, I,
3: I'm no expert in this. I'm the CEO of a hospital. I don't know a lot about social media and the implica- implications in society, but I do think some people look at social media and say, hey, I'm trying to copy this person or do, you know, live this life that's idealized that you know people kind of see, right. but I would say that you would be happier if you come to our Facebook page, <laughs> uh, and
1: that's the difference. i totally
3: joke. That was but fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Did but, you see how he did yeah, it? Yeah, see, yeah. that's
1: why they need a CEO class at uh, your local university. I see.
3: Yeah, I see. Yes, but no, oh, I, get, I get the point that you're saying though about about social media and Facebook and all those things. Well, yeah, and you're I think
1: at, yeah. I think one of the things that that unfortunately we've really seen because I think when I first joined Facebook all those years ago, when my daughter insisted that I not join it. Mm-hmm. Because because at that time it was only for kids. Sure. Yeah. Um, when I joined it, it was more of a oh look who's look who's oh who's got a grandbaby oh look who just was on vacation oh look who took a picture of their shrimp kebabs, and then all of a sudden it became this kind of this lightning rod for yeah. all kinds of political things and. Right. Uh, it, that's, I think, the problem. Yeah. Let's go back to the days where we're taking pictures of our shrimp kebabs, and yeah. then we're probably everybody's going to be happy. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Shrimp kebabs. What's well, yeah. what it's all about. That's what it is about. Yeah, yeah. We are at Watertown Regional Medical Center, and we're going to come back with more. The News Ninja is going to be in in just a moment to update us on all things local. As far as news is concerned, that'll be coming live from the Daily Dodge News Center next on 95X. News time just before
2: 626. Let's head let's head over to the Daily Dodge News studio. Here's Ninja with a check of news.
0: Dodge County Law Enforcement are asking residents to follow road signs near construction zones. It is the Dodge County Sheriff's Office June law of the month. State statutes require all motorists must obey the instruction of any traffic sign or signal unless otherwise directed by a traffic officer. Failing to obey road signs like road closed signs can result in a $175 citation and three demerit points against your license. A second offense within a year can lead to a $213 fine and another three demerit points. Several people from the Dodge County area will be graduating from the Wisconsin State Patrol's 67th recruit class. The ceremony is today for 37 cadets who recently completed six months of training at the Wisconsin State Patrol Academy. Of those graduating are Eric Edelmeyer of Lemira, Andrew Linsky of Wapan, and Evan Paul of Houstisford. And Congressman Glenn Grothman discussed the U.S. Supreme Court's decision to overturn Roe v. Wade when he was our guest Monday on WBEV's Community Comment. The federal lawmaker has been a pro-life supporter during his political career. He says it's easier to be pro-life today than it was nearly 50 years ago due to medical advancements in ultrasound technology that can show how far along a pregnancy is. I'm Justin Wilski reporting from the Daily Dodge News Center.
1: again everybody it's uh, Rick Arman. we are live at uh, Watertown Regional Medical Center hanging out with Richard who is the chief executive officer we're talking about all yeah, okay so I always get confused when it comes to hospitals and how they're run like the Green Bay Packers are owned by the community right okay. yeah so yeah. Who owns Watertown Regional Medical Center? You know, that's a really good question, and every
3: hospital kind of has a different structure of how they work. Uh, here in Watertown, we have this uh, interesting arrangement which really benefits the community. We have two owners of the hospital that come together and partner together in a kind of a joint venture model to be able to do that. Uh, one of those organizations is the Greater Watertown Area Health Foundation. Uh, that foundation has been around for about seven years, and you've probably heard of them before. They're doing a lot of these things, like the Talk, Read, Play program, yes. and really supporting kids in the area. Uh, I think they made some large donations to build a new library in Watertown and the uh, Downstream Pro- or the uh, uh, Downtown project. So they're they're one owner of the organization. And then we have uh, uh, another health system called Scion Health. Uh, that's a, a large uh, healthcare system that is partnered with the foundation. And so it's really kind of the best of both worlds in that we've got all these resources and expertise from Scion, uh, a health system, uh, but the community through the foundation keeps some local control of of, of what's happening here. So we get kind of
1: the best of both worlds. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, I was going to say, that's I think anytime you think about ownership and you think about ownership coming from outside of the area, there's always going to be a concern of do they understand what our area's like versus maybe the areas that they're in. Sure, yeah, yeah, I mean, that that's, uh, I think when the structure was originally
3: set up, that was the thought is that, you know, we wanted people here in the area that could still, you know, uh, have some governance over what was happening here. So we've not only got kind of that group of people that do that, but we also have a local hospital board uh, that oversees the quality of care and the programming of the things in the hospital. So we're really integrated in what's going on in the community and have a lot of community leaders have Having, uh, oversight i guess you call them my bosses but uh, but that really provide a lot of oversight into what we do
1: well one of the things that i think anybody that's lived in a rural community in wisconsin knows there are certain buildings there are certain organizations that this the town really the city really needs and that is kind of a centerpiece mm-hmm. being a hospital like you guys are all of these years you're one of those places and that's i'm guessing that that's a responsibility that you can't take lightly
3: yeah i mean you know being uh being a healthcare organization uh you know is definitely something that we take seriously you know i wouldn't say that more than a week goes by in my personal life when i'm at my kid's swim team or when i'm at church or when i'm just out and about and somebody comes by and says hey i was in your emergency department last night or Uh, My dad's at your pulmonary clinic seeing your uh, pulmonologist, a lung doctor, your pulmonologist, or, uh, you know, a friend of mine had a heart attack the other day and in the middle of the night they came to your hospital and they were able to place a a stent quickly to, you know, help save their life. So, you know, those are things, uh, although we enjoy the work that we do here, we also take the work very seriously because I think that that people depend on the the work that we do. How important is community involvement for you guys? Yeah, so it's super important, you know, uh, I I mentioned before that, you know, we have a lot of people that are here that, you know, have an ownership say or that are on the hospital board, but just being involved in the community is uh, really important. So uh, we we do a number of things that, you know, try and make it so that way we're involved in the community. Uh, One thing we're really involved in 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 many of the local high schools, Uh, you know, we not only sponsor just things like high school football scoreboards and things like that, but we also provide athletic trainers for sure schools in Juneau, Watertown, Johnson Creek, and Lake Mills. Um, we sponsor chamber events. The uh, the Tour de Goose bike ride just happened, and we are one of the key sponsors there. Uh, we're doing a movie night under the stars with uh, uh, it, at the end of July with uh, in partnership with the YMCA. So all those things are really important. And then just beyond that, going back to that ownership structure because one of the uh, organizations that owns the hospital, uh, one of the local organizations, the, the foundation owns the hospital, anytime that we might have some leftover dollars, you know we actually give 20% of any retained earnings or any you, you know, leftovers we have to the foundation uh, so that way they can bless the community with those dollars and contribute those monies to the do- to, to the community. So once again, it's, it's it's a you know, our core mission once again is the medical care we provide. I'm talking about Kind of the other things, uh, but but being able to be integrated into the community is just so very important for us. Right,
1: it makes you, it makes you trustworthy, yeah. which is one of the most important words. Hey, what about uh, Steve? Did a nice job of, of putting a note here about the Town Square project. What exactly is that? So, if you're uh, if you're from Watertown or around here.
3: Uh, if you drive uh, by the library, uh, the new library, and between the library and uh, the river, uh, you'll notice some construction going on there. It's right across the street from Mullins. If you eat at Mullins, uh, but really what they're doing there is some exciting work where they've uh, pulled down some uh, some buildings and they're building a park uh, that will really be uh, from you know everything I'm hearing the kind of the center of Watertown, a place for people to gather, a place for uh, concerts and other things. So it's really exciting. Uh, we've donated some dollars to that. I think we donated $150,000 uh, to to the project, and it'll be done here in the next uh, year or so. I'll, I'll find out exactly when. But uh, I think the Watertown's a town that uh, is uh, definitely uh, continuing to develop and, and being a great place to live, and so just another one of the things that uh, community leaders are working on.
1: That's what it's all about. That word community. It take it means it means something special. In rural Wisconsin, sure. You know, you know, when you get into a a large city, community can mean something completely different than what it does for us and those of us that live in these smaller towns. Absolutely. Uh, We're going to be back with more from Watertown Regional Medical Center. Our morning trifecta is next on ninety-five X. If it's interesting, 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 entertaining,
4: entertaining, or extra
1: wacky, you're having a psychotic episode. That automatically
0: puts me in charge. You'll hear it right here. Trifecta
1: from 95X. All right, here comes your morning trifecta brought to you by JNL Tire and Service Center. Uh, we say the Highway 16 bypass, even though you've got to get there a different way right now. Um, and also in Johnson Creek, Richard Kennington is here. He is the CEO of Watertown Regional Medical Facility. This is our trifecta. These are the stories that are trending right now. All right, bring them on. All right, here, here's number one. Two women were arrested at Bangkok's airport. After trying to smuggle a few animals in their luggage. Oh, my. The Thailand Department of National Parks, Wildlife, and Plant Conservation said on Monday the wild animals were discovered in two suitcases following an x-ray inspection. In case you're wondering, Richard, it was only two white porcupines, two armadillos, 35 turtles... 50 lizards and 20 snakes. That's it. Oh, that's it. That's all. That's all there was.
3: Well, when you started and you had the the animals that were two by two, it sounded like Noah's Ark suitcase, <laughs> right. but I'm glad you got to something besides two of each. Yeah. So that, that's a good story. I yeah. just,
1: you know, the, the loading the armadillos into the things, but if you got a poisonous snake, I don't know how you're loading that. Like you putting that in a baggie or something. She's very, very talented. I get a yes. Ziploc. Yes. Yes. All right. Anyways, let's move on. Next one. Up to uh, 60 people were involved in a brawl on a Carnival cruise ship, which ultimately required a Coast Guard escort back to New York. The fight erupted on a dance floor on the Carnival Magic around 5.20 a.m. Oh, jeez. Nothing ever good happens after 5 a.m. Now, that could be a TV show.
3: I, I mean, you know, put everybody right. on a cruise ship and see who lives. Right. So, kind of yeah, a survivor kind yes, of a thing. Exactly. I like that, yes, I like yes, that yes, idea. like that idea.
1: So they were uh, wrapping up an eight-day cruise of Dominica, Turks, and Caicos, uh, Bahamas. The fight initially involved two people, but another 40 to 60 soon got involved. No serious injuries were reported, but the Coast Guard escorted the cruise ship to the dock, where the police met the ship to interview suspects and witnesses and conduct an interview. I've been on many, many, many cruises. Luckily, I've never seen... A fight like this breakout. Never like that. Yes. Heard of a, I heard possibly of a husband and wife that got into a fight and some clothes being thrown overboard, but that's the worst I ever heard. <laughs> Alright, let's move on. Some brands just carry more pop culture clout. Taco Bell keeps their name in the news all the time. Their marketing people are brilliant. I'm going to be honest with you, they're brilliant. Because now they have come up with something brand new. They have decided to make a big Cheese it cracker tostada. Because Cheez-Its are pretty popular, Richard. Sure, sure. People loving those Cheez-Its. This Cheez-It tostada is 16 times bigger than a normal Cheez-It cracker. <laughs> Ah, yes, there it
3: is I think my kids would actually like that I think So so. they're geniuses For me, I'm kind of like, I don't know about that But uh, I've got an 11-year-old son, his name's Ben And I think he'd be like, yeah, I'd eat that So I think he'd like it And and get this,
1: it comes with seasoned beef, nacho cheese sauce Topped with reduced fat sour cream Just to make sure we got the reduced fat in there Diced tomatoes, lettuce, the whole thing wrapped up inside of a tortilla And then grilled unbelievable Wow there is some creativity going on in those Taco Bell kitchen these days very creative unbelievable all right that is your morning trifecta and your morning trifecta brought to you by JNL Tyre and service center the highway 16 bypass in Watertown and also in Johnson Creek all right folks we are live this morning from Watertown Regional Medical Center Jennifer is joining us to give us the uh, lowdown on a great looking hopefully a great looking weather forecast Jennifer uh, do we have to worry about any severe weather is there any severe weather? In your forecast as of yet and do we look like we're going to have some decent temperatures
4: yeah that's a good question so uh we're right on the southern cusp of a marginal risk for severe weather so anywhere farther north and the rest of wisconsin there's a marginal site risks for that so We'll see if that moves any farther south, but we are right on the southern edge of that. Um, otherwise, today we're expecting to see sunny skies to start off the day, but then we'll see an increase in cloud cover. Highs getting up right around about the upper 80s. We should be in the low 80s instead. Then for tonight, we'll have those chances for showers and thunderstorms with a, with that marginal risk for severe weather. Overnight lows well, right around about 65. Friday skies will become mostly sunny. Tomorrow, highs 79 degrees, 82 here on Saturday with some sunshine. Sunday, play chance for showers and storms in the afternoon. Blend of clouds and sunshine develops high around 82. Then for the 4th of July holiday coming up on Monday, play chance for rain. Blend of clouds and sunshine high around 83. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wachitski.
1: As always, Jennifer, thank you for a stellar performance on the weather forecast, and we will catch up with you later on this morning along with your five random facts.
4: Sounds great. Thanks.
1: All right, there's Jennifer with a look at the weather forecast again. Brought to you by Menards on the north side of Beaver Dam, where saving big money is always uh, your easiest thing to do at Menards on the north side of Beaver Dam. We are live at Watertown Regional Medical Center. Uh, Richard Keddington is the chief executive officer. Hey, uh, are you looking for some part-time work? Because this radio thing might not be a bad thing for you. Well, you know, if this doesn't work out, I suppose I could try uh, try radio. So right. thanks for
3: uh, thanks for t- saying that. Hey, yeah.
1: Na- yeah. just uh, just make sure you hang out with the content side of things don't go to the dark side over by oh, the sales because oh, they're yeah, kind of yeah. scary at times yeah those business people are kind of a little bit scary yeah when i was here last time um this was all different mm-hmm. this has changed up a lot are, are there new exciting things going on here in Watertown? Yeah,
3: absolutely. I mean, a lot has been done in the building since you were here last time, but we have some things that have happened in the last year or two and that are coming up here that that are really exciting. Uh, number one, uh, we have two new OBGYNs starting uh, here at Watertown Regional Medical Center in the next few months. Uh, Dr. Casey Axelson and Dr. Melissa Nels. Uh, both of them will be starting here in the next few months. We're really excited. They have ties to the area, and I just really think they'll be a really good fit for the uh, Center for Women's Health. Also recently, uh, we got into uh, robotic surgery and we were able to uh, bring in a surgical robot. Now when I say that, sometimes people ask me, so is like a robot doing surgery on me? And the answer is obviously no. It's 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 a really uh, great piece of technology that trained surgeons use. And basically what it, what it does is it allows the surgeon to be much more precise about the incisions that they make. So I'm it doesn't making... look like Rosie from the Jetsons? No, okay. no, no, All nothing right. like that. That would be kind of cool. <laughs> it would be uh, awesome. That would be pretty cool. But it, but it does does make it so that way patients can have better outcomes and quicker recovery, and so and so that's been a really exciting thing that we've we've done here recently. Uh, also, uh, we've you know we've really looked at you know what the community needed, and we've realized that patients in Dodge and Jefferson County needed access to ICU and critical care services in a much more robust way than we've done in the past. And so, using eICU technology, we've been able to make it so that way patients in our intensive care unit can have 24/7 access uh, to pulmonary critical care doctors wow. uh, for the for the sickest of patients. So you know we're always doing things like that. Uh, recently we expanded our cardiology services so that way. Uh, people would uh, be able to get heart attack care 24-7, 365. Uh, that sounds like something that most hospitals do, but the truth is is that out of the six hospitals that are within about a half an hour of here, uh, we're one of two hospitals and the only hospital in Dodger Jefferson County that uh, does that service. Wow! So, you know, we're always thinking about, hey, what is the, what does the community need? What can we do to continue to bless the lives that people uh, that live in Dodger Jefferson County? We recently added a retina surgeon uh, to, uh, to what we're doing here. So now he's doing a lot of uh, retinal detachment surgeries and doing really complex eye surgeries. So, you know, once again, you know, you know, what does the community need? And we're just trying to think, okay, what, what can we do next to, to take care of the people who live in the, in this area? You said it was about 10
1: years ago that we had a, you had a big addition
3: to the hospital, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think it was 10, 10, 11 years ago. It was before my time, uh, but uh, a new emergency department and uh, uh, women's birthing center were built. I uh, if you haven't been in either of those building locations, not that I hope that anybody has to go to the emergency <laughs> right. department, by the way, but if you do need to go to the emergency department, uh, take a look at it. It's beautiful space, but more important than the space, I think the staff and the physicians that we have there uh, just do an incredible job taking care of people. So I think the space is just kind of a manifestation of the great care that the providers give uh, more than anything
1: else. How um, people that are listening right now, uh, they're always they're going to be sitting they're going, okay, that uh, this is great. This sounds wonderful. How do I get a hold of the, How do I make an appointment? How, what what are the procedures here? Uh, can people go online? Give us the, the rundown yeah, on contacting Yeah,
3: I mean, if you have any questions, first of all, go to our website. I think, it, you know, it'll give you you know most of the uh, information you need. You know, you can just Google Watertown Regional Medical Center and go there. Uh, otherwise, if you want to make an appointment of any kind, you can just call us. That number, uh, 920-533-9762. So, so go to our website. Look us uh, on Facebook. Uh, I call to make an appointment and uh, and we're here to help in any way that we can.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a f- beautiful facility. You guys have done so much Thank with you. this. Yeah. Uh, congratulations on just all the great work that you're doing within this community. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for having me on your y- show. You were completely gnarly, dude. Oh, uh, well, gnarly. Radical from California. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> See, but I'll throw in a Wisconsin tie. It's always nice to sit and actually meet the big cheese. Oh well, thank you. Oh, but it was good. That's why you're on radio. That's That's why you're on radio. You figured it out finally, (laughs) Richard. Thanks again for spending some time with us. We'll have more from Watertown Regional Medical uh, Facility coming up in just a moment.
5: The Beaver Dam post 146 White Construction American Legion Baseball team scored a pair of runs in the bottom of the 7th to pick up a walk off win over Belleville 7-6 on Wednesday night. Then Scharfenberg drove in three runs in the victory. Post 146 will host Columbus tonight. It will be the third straight day with the game for Beaver Dam. They then head to Stevens Point for a tournament this weekend. Coach Skyler Eberly told DailyDodge.com this week was set up to test the depth of his pitching staff purpose of that was to get ready for regionals because I got to get to the bottom of our pitching staff to figure out you know who to pitch when but can't figure out who you got to pitch games three four five and six until you experience those kind of games in this kind of stretch so this week is really setting us up for a regional state crash run
2: if you want to put it that way
5: you can watch tonight's game on Daily Dodge TV presented by Columbus Family Dental, hometown glass and improvement in the Beaver Dam Unified School District. The John Deere pregame show is set for 5.50. The first pitch is set for six o'clock. Well, Pons American Legion squad fell to St. Mary Springs last night to seven to three. Jake Kruger went two for two with an RBI four post to 10. Rowdy Telez homered twice, including the go ahead solo shot in the eighth as the Brewers completed the two game sweep of Tampa Bay with a 5-3 win on Wednesday afternoon. Luis Urias and Jace Peterson also went deep. Brad Boxberger picked up the victory. Josh Hader collected save number 24. The crew opens up a four game weekend set in Pittsburgh tonight. The first pitch set for 6 5 on 1430 W. B.E.V. Packers are less than a month away from starting training camp. One of the big questions is going to be whether all pro left tackle David Bakhtiari will be ready for the regular season. He missed almost all of last season with a knee injury. GM Brian Gutekunst is optimistic. I have a lot of faith in David and and him getting back to where where he needs to be. I know he's working his tail off and and feel good about it. At the same time, I think it's the National Football League and and injuries are tough and I think we have to be prepared either way, but um, I'm I'm pretty confident that Dave's going to get back to the level that he was at um, prior to the injury. Training camp opens up on July 27th in Title Town. The Bucks are happy to have selected first round pick Marjan Beauchamp with the 24th overall selection in last week's NBA draft. Bolsham thinks that he can come in and help the Bucks right away.
0: I feel like my defense versatility, like I can guard through one through four, and really just like keep learning from. Like I want to ask a lot of questions with Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton. Like they're great defenders, and uh, yeah, I feel like I can really get good at this, uh, the defensive side, and I feel like that's going to take me to the next level and keep me in the league for a long time.
5: Bolsham didn't play college basketball; instead, uh, chose the NBA G League's Ignite squad. That is your DailyDodge.com sports update. I'm Wade Bates.
1: Hey everybody! It's great to be back with you. We are live from Watertown Regional Medical Center, and this time around, we're going to talk with uh, one of the actual doctors here. And we just got—we talked all kinds of CEO stuff, and it was fun. But now let's talk real stuff. Uh, doctor Adam Dockman is joining us right now, general surgeon. Good to have you on the program, doctor. Thank you. Thank you so much for being. Uh, now I understand that you—you uh, you have a little bit of a commute every day, huh? A little bit. A little bit. It just gives me a chance to unwind. It gives I, I me a chance to think about what's coming. I, I always know, I've known a couple of people that have said exactly the same thing, that the, a, a drive to start work gets their mind away from home and concentrating on what they're going to be doing. Absolutely. And, and then on the drive home, it's the exact opposite. It kind of gears you down from the day and gets you ready for the rest of the day, right? I totally would say the same thing. Give us a little bit about uh, your background where where are you from and uh, where'd you go to school and all those kind of good things
6: well uh the long story short is um really now from wisconsin the last 30 years there I'm, you go I graduated from carroll university i went to medical school in iowa i did my residency in general surgery in detroit michigan and then i came to wisconsin where i spent 24 years as the chief of surgery at the dodgeville hospital And was on staff at a Madison hospital for a while and and in several other rural hospitals. And then I migrated here to Watertown three years ago.
1: All right. What do you like about uh, Watertown?
6: I think Watertown is a great community. The people are kind. Uh, It's a great example of a community that has education. It cares for its elderly. It cares for its disabled. It's got the country's first kindergarten it cares for its children uh really grateful community of patients
1: right i think when we hear the phrase general surgery i think a lot of people maybe get confused by exactly what that means so as a general surgeon what what do you do what kind of uh, surgeries do you do
6: yeah, it's it's a, it's a bit of a misfortune as a general surgeon. In fact, I just saw Milwaukee Magazine's list of the top doctors and there are no general surgeons. They, they list by categories. They have ENT and cardiothoracic and plastic and vascular surgery, but they don't have general surgery. And I thought to myself, you know, that's just it's really unfortunate. But there's a lot of us uh, in the country. General surgeons do things like appendectomies, bowel obstructions, gallbladder removals, hernia repairs. Many of us manage breast disease like breast cancer. Many of us manage things like heartburn, swallowing difficulties, stomach abnormalities, skin disorders, skin cancers, skin growths, little lumps and bumps. So we do a wide variety of things. We also manage a great deal of digestive problems and we generally in the country settings do a lot of endoscopy which is colonoscopies and stomach scopes called upper endoscopies
1: it's interesting because when you everything that you just listed off there you kind of have to have knowledge in all of that stuff and i'm not taking anything away from a a heart specialist at all but where they can kind of concentrate just on one thing you've got to kind of stay on top of all these different things
6: well that's true uh Surgery has some fundamental basics that we follow. So whether it's taking an appendix out or taking a gallbladder out, there are a lot of fundamentals that go into the actual techniques. Many operations share different fundamental technical aspects, and then we apply those in various body parts. The truth of the matter is that there is not a rural hospital that can exist without a general surgeon. It just can't happen. We are the reason why there's rural hospitals that are up and available to the public.
1: Sure, you know, it's, um, when I think back when I had my appendicitis, which was a long time ago, 1980, they took it out certainly way different than they do nowadays. Uh, there's, so much, uh, there's so much talk about how the surgeries have become less evasive. And at the end of the day, just, doesn't that just help in recovery time? It helps everything. Uh,
6: it helps the patient and it helps the surgeon. Uh, in the old days, not too long ago in the 1970s, the 1980s, we took gallbladders out through large cuts. And then in the late 1980s, we started removing gallbladders through tiny incisions and it became an outpatient surgery. You just come and go the same day and recovery is very quick. That means we don't have a lot of people in the hospital at any given time. So for surgeons, it revolutionized our quality of life, gave us a lot more time to sleep and time to uh, prepare and less time to manage complications
1: of big cuts right I, I remember um, growing up my mom was a LPN at West Dallas Memorial you know back in the 60s 70s 80s and I remember her coming home from work at times talking about taking care of some patients that had some surgeries and like in the old days when for example if they did um, cataracts you know there was these big sandbags like by your head and you couldn't move and everything. Nowadays, when surgeons are performing their thing, the one thing that you see right away is they want those patients up and moving as quickly as possible, because obviously we have figured out over years, right, that the quicker that you're up and moving, the faster you're healing.
6: Many times that's true. In my particular specialty, it is definitely true. Everything we do nowadays here in Watertown and in many hospitals is geared towards a smooth and quick recovery, so people aren't missing a lot of work. They're not stuck in bed. They're not stuck in. The, they're not stuck in the hospital. Incisions are typically either just glued over with surgical glue or taped over with little tiny stereo strips. So, we're really, people are walking out of the building with hardly any injuries. Right. And so, it's like going to the dentist for a lot of people. Yeah,
1: and that's and that's has had. For so many people, that has improved lifestyles. Um, we are going to be back to talk a little bit more about some surgery. I want to talk about robotic-assisted surgery coming up in a little bit. But first now, let's take care of a little bit of entertainment news, which we need your expertise on. in
0: Hollywood? I
1: am going to Hollywood.
0: Movie stardom is just so hollow. Welcome to
1: Hollywood. What's your dream? This is entertainment news from the 95X Morning Show. All right, so let's get to entertainment news Brought to you by J&L Tire and Service Center The Highway 16 Bypass When you can get there, right? With the road being out right now It throws everybody off, doesn't it? I just followed the blue hospital signs today, Doc That's what I just did Took me right in Uh, And also in Johnson Creek Travis Barker, hospitalized due to pancreatitis He is the husband of Kourtney Kardashian Which we've got to talk about a Kardashian at least once every day Or it's just not entertainment news Um Dr. Dockman, I got to ask you a question. He said that his pancreatitis was triggered by a colonoscopy. I mean, is that really something that can happen? Not in my experience. That's what I thought. That's exactly what I thought. What is pancreatitis?
6: The pancreas is a very important structure that's in the back of the abdomen, very separate from the colon. And Typical causes of pancreatitis, the number one cause in the United States is alcoholism. Okay. The second most common cause would be gallstones. Gallstones can slip out of the gallbladder, travel down the ducts through the pancreas and Ooh. cause pancreatitis where the pancreatic duct gets blocked and then the pancreas builds up pressure and then gets inflamed. Other causes include medications, other causes include viruses, and sometimes we just can't really pinpoint the cause. How do, you, how do you manage it then? Once? Most of the time, pancreatitis will self-resolve. Sometimes intravenous fluid support is all that's needed with some pain medications, but it usually goes away. If it's caused by gallstones, then oftentimes we'll take the gallbladder out sometime after the pancreatitis resolves.
1: So um, he said that he, his symptoms were fever, nausea, vomiting, and, and weight loss, so this must have been going on? If he's getting, If he's talking about weight loss, this must have been going on for a while. I mean, I don't know how long pancretized. I know nothing
6: about his case, so I hope he gets better soon.
1: Yeah. I don't know much about him either. Uh, Jamie Foxx had called in Tom Brady to help him with something. um, Because Jamie Foxx wanted his friend, Cameron Diaz, to join him in a new movie called Back in Action. Now, Cameron Diaz retired from acting after 2014's movie Annie. And so she's been away from it. And she said, you know what? She enjoys, she enjoys being a mom. She enjoys being a wife. Um, but Jamie Foxx and her are pretty good friends. And so Tom Brady apparently had an audio of a phone conversation where he's trying to reassure Cameron about her decision to come back. Yeah. And out of nowhere, Tom Brady all of a sudden shows up on the conversation and says, Hey, I was talking to Jamie. He said you needed a few tips on how to unretire, and I am relatively successful. At unretiring. And so that was enough to get her to come back to acting. At least for one movie. At least for one movie. Uh, What else is going on in the world of entertainment? Um, There's only one movie that Stephen King, the great Stephen King, has ever walked out of as an adult. And that movie was in 2007. Starring Shia LaBeouf and Megan Fox. That's right, Transformers. Oof. Uh, Michael Bay directed that. Steven let his feelings known on Twitter and added, "quote Would like to uh, know what other movies people have walked out on." For anyone wondering why Christmas he's at random the clumps,
6: yeah. Oh, you walked out of <laughs> it's the rec- only movie I've ever walked out of in the movie
1: <laughs> You know what movie I hear is a movie that a lot of people can't walk away from is the Sharknado movies. I understand that people can't walk away from those.
6: My cousin is the producer of all the Sharknado movies.
1: I know. I heard about that before you got here. Hey, I understand, too, that you are into music.
6: I am. I'm a pianist and a composer. I actually helped write the music for Sharknado 6.
1: That's unbelievable. How did that... I mean, was it, obviously, was it your, your cousin that
6: kind Well, of... no, the composers that work for the Asylum, which is the studio that produces those movies, knew me and uh, knew of my work, and they needed help under the pressure, so they, they asked me to help contribute.
1: That's amazing. So how often do you get to actually sit down and compose music?
6: Uh, well, virtually every day. Really? After work, it's my, it's my relaxation. I, I'm not a very good golfer, but I am a good pianist, composer. <laughs>
1: That is fantastic. Do you, you've got IMDb credits then. Uh, or is it just Sharknado or is it other?
6: Uh, there's others. Really? Yeah, there's uh, three motion pictures and a uh, television show.
1: How do, you, how do you audition for that? I've always wondered, like, I mean, just actors and that type of thing, but from a music standpoint, do you have to send them an empty uh, it,
6: It's a It's a lot of knowing people. It's a lot of being out there. It's a lot of also them hearing your work. Um, but, uh, you know, movie music requires certain technical skills that uh, um, are are beyond, you know, playing as a musician. Uh, it's one thing to be a musician, which is great, uh, but it's another thing to, to be able to technically synchronize with, with film and t- TV, and uh, there's a lot that goes into
1: it. So are you watching, like, the video as you're composing, or are you composing and then they and then they put the video to your music?
6: Well, you know it's an entire textbook, but uh, the short is that you watch you watch a production and you spot it. It's called spotting, where you try to look at where the music should go. You work with the director, wow. and then you have to compose to the to the to the visual and try to match the music to the to what's going on and also to the director's vision, which can be. A big challenge
1: do you have any particular like really well-known movie score person that you really enjoy i mean i'm thinking about john williams who just announced that he's going to actually be retiring after he's done with this indiana jones movie and he's given us some gigantic scores over yeah. his lifetime
6: well certainly john is every composer's hero and i've had dinner with him oh and wow i've, I've um, been i've seen him conduct the chicago symphony and um I, I've had cocktails with Alan Silvestri who did Forrest Gump. I, I love Alan's music. Um, Michael Giacchino and I have met. Uh, he's a huge uh, name in, in motion picture music. So these are, these are my
1: heroes. Do you, does every person that does um, scores for, for movies and, and television shows, do you kind of, everybody have their own style of doing things? Sure, everybody's got
6: their process. John Williams sits at a piano with, a, with paper and a pencil. And all of today's composers are literally sitting at these mega rigs with computerized keyboards and sophisticated software and sound systems and writing right, right onto the to the motion picture. Uh, so uh, things have changed. Uh, the John Williams generation is unfortunately passing away, right. and uh, the new generation is uh, very computer savvy.
1: So, are you more of the John Williams type then, or do you dabble I'm, a little bit? I'm kind bit? of a hybrid. I, yep. I I do things both ways. Sure. Yeah,
6: I mean, I'm a surgeon, though. I mean, you know, I, I I'm a hobbyist. I'm a really serious amateur.
1: That's awesome, though. What a cool thing to have in your back pocket yeah, too. Yeah, it's a good.
6: It's it's really it helps balance the the stresses of being a surgeon.
1: Oh, I believe it. And there, and there's a lot of them. Uh, all right, other things in the world of entertainment. So, um. I don't know how many of you know this, but there are a lot of really famous rock stars that we know by their name, but I don't think you'd realize the fact that they're not using their first name. For example, one of, the, one of the biggest names on the list, Sir Paul McCartney, right? We know him as Paul McCartney. His real name is James Paul McCartney, so he uses his middle name.
6: Yeah, and then there's Elton John, who's
1: Reggie Dwight. Correct. One of uh, the more well known artists. Uh, Iron Maiden singer Bruce Dickinson is actually, his first name is Paul, with his middle name being Bruce. Yeah,
6: John Denver wasn't John Denver.
1: No, he was Don Duchildorf, Dusseldorf. Dusseldorf. Dusseldorf, yeah, yeah, something like that. Um, Dee Snyder from Twisted Sister, his real name, D is his middle name. His, his first name is Daniel. And then you've got um, Pink Floyd bassist and singer Roger Waters. Everybody thinks his name is Roger Waters. Well, it's George Roger. Waters. Sometimes things just sound better for one way or another. I, um, I worked at uh, two radio stations at once for a short time. I was working at my full-time job in <laughs> yeah. a small market, right? Yeah, I can relate to having two jobs at the same time. Right, yeah. So, so I, I was working in Green Bay as, uh, on the weekends as a part-time announcer just because I wanted to kind of get into the bigger market. But I didn't want to use my name, so I was Jack Daniels on the weekend okay. yeah that that was really creative of me wasn't it Yeah, just pull that one out of the sky anyways that is a look at your entertainment news this morning brought to you by <laughs> jnl tire and service center it is 722 we're going to get you all updated on local news and we'll get to that coming up next on 95x news time
2: 726 let's head over to the daily dodge news studio ninja has that
0: check of news the suspect in last year's Waukesha Christmas Parade attack is changing his plea to not guilty by reason of mental defect. If three psychiatrists uphold the assertion by Daryl Brooks Jr.'s defense team, his lawyers would then need to prove their client did not know right from wrong the day he drove an SUV through a parade crowd, killing six people, including a former Beaver Dam educator and injuring dozens more. The determination from the doctors is due in August. Brooks' trial is set to start in October. Two people died in a motorcycle crash in the town of Caledonia Tuesday afternoon. Columbia County Sheriff's deputies responded to Highway 33 near Interstate 90 just before 5 p.m. Law enforcement did not provide any specifics, but did say the crash involved a motorcycle and two pickup trucks. Life-saving measures were attempted on both occupants of the bike, but they were pronounced dead at the scene. Their names are being withheld pending notification of family. And Dodge County law enforcement are asking residents to follow road signs near construction zones. It is the Dodge County Sheriff's Office June law of the month. State statutes require all motorists must obey the instruction of any traffic sign or signal unless otherwise directed by a traffic officer. Failing to obey road closed signs can result in a $175 citation and three demerit points against your license. A second offense within a year can lead to a $213 fine and another three demerit points. I'm Justin Wilski reporting from the Daily Dodge News Center. Submit your news tips at dailydodge.com. Hey, it's
1: 727, and yes, we are live this morning from Watertown Regional Medical Center. Dr. Adam Dockman is a general surgeon here. He is uh, spending some time with us. We're also talking a little bit about... Uh, what he likes to do in his spare time, which is working on music. Uh, we're going to talk robotic-assisted surgery. I just want to ask you one quick question, though. How excited are you about uh, your daughter getting married here in a couple of weeks? I'm thrilled. Uh, it's, uh, it's a big day, and it's exciting. I'm I'm
6: excited for her and her life ahead. Uh, I, like, I love her groom.
1: Right. And, uh, yeah, the
6: family's really gearing
1: up. Yeah, and, and you wrote a song for her, too, didn't you?
6: Yeah, it's called... Love has come to you. Oh, that's fantastic!
1: Now, does that is that is that something that just comes to you, or do you have to like really concentrate when you're coming up with a song like that?
6: Uh, it it, it things happen many ways, and so many artists have so many different processes. For me, it, it's uh, it's always mysterious. I don't know exactly where it comes from, but oftentimes it does begin with a pencil and paper. Yeah. Uh, sometimes lyrics come first often the music comes first and then i write the lyric that's this one i started writing the lyric first
1: oh really and uh
6: and then the music came oh that's fantastic
1: that's that creative thing that every once in a while i think everybody's got that creative side to them whatever it might be um you just gotta let it out once in a while you know you gotta let it out let's talk a little bit about robotic assisted surgery um why we hear so much these days about robotic assisted surgery. Why is it such an important thing to have in a hospital? It
6: is the most revolutionary instrumentation that we've seen in the last ever. It's just historic. The 1980s brought us the age of laparoscopy where we were able to do things through small incisions using instruments that would rotate in two dimensions Uh, They're straight instruments, they're called straight sticks. The instrumentation is like a chopstick that rotates, but also at the end there's tips that open and close. So you have two two motions, you have rotation and open and close in the old instruments. Now the robot has given us wrists. So not only can we rotate and open and close, but the instruments at the ends are like miniature hands that have wrists. So instead of just rotation and open close, now we can move our wrists of our instruments, rotate them and open and close them, which opens up the dexterity of what we can do inside the human being just exponentially. So the advantage also is that with this platform, the surgeon can control the camera inside of the patient so that instead of relying on another technician or assistant to move the camera around the surgeon moves the camera and the camera is now Magnified and it's in three dimensions instead of two dimensions. So the robot gives us three-dimensional vision. It gives us Degrees of freedom with our hands. We didn't ever have before with miniaturized hands within the body So it allows us to do things. We've never been able to do before through tiny incisions so the advantage to the patient is a more accurate operation, less discomfort because there's overall less injury, and for the surgeon the advantage is we see better, we have better dexterity, and it's even easier on our backs because we get to sit and we, we sit in a unit that we operate that ultimately takes a lot of strain off of our shoulders. So for many older surgeons and younger surgeons alike, it reduces the amount of shoulder and elbow injuries that we're subject to.
1: Sure, because I mean, I'm, I'm sure there was a lot of tendonitis that would come along with surgery with the old way. A ton fascia. of tendonitis. So now, you could, is it, are you using like a, a controller, like a joystick or something? Well, or? We, we
6: sit at a console that is actually away from the operating table. First, what we do is we're at the operating table and we set up the operation utilizing tubular instruments that we insert into the abdomen of the patient. Once the instrumentation is hooked up to the robotic platform and everything's secured at the operating table, our technician stays at the operating table as we go to what's called the surgeon console where we're seated. We have hand controls and we have high-definition binocular Uh, vision that we basically just rest our head against and we look into the binoculars where we're looking at the inside of the abdomen and then we have a right hand and a left hand control and these controllers then our movements are translated through just the miraculous amazing genius of the people that engineered this device all of our motions just the finest motions are translated into the tips of these instruments I always tell my patients it's like it's like I'm on honey I shrunk the kids and my arms are shrunk right. down to tiny tiny sizes that fit inside your body and I'm I'm operating them from outside your body.
1: Is it um is there is there like a learning curve on on getting to when you when you first sat down and kind of started using this I mean obviously there's practice involved with it but was it an easy technique to pick up? Well, you're
6: talking to somebody that's been a doctor for 32 years, who's done surgery for 31 years, and who has done every operation thousands of times without the robot. And so I used lesser instruments to do these surgeries for years. And now I have this Cadillac premium instrument to do these operations with. It's just it's like Forrest Gump walking with braces on his legs and then breaking out of them and running like a rabbit. Wow. And it it's 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 made my life so much easier. It's taken strain off my wrists, my elbows, my shoulders, my back. It's allowed me to do things I couldn't do with the older instruments because they just wouldn't move. As freely as the new instrumentation.
1: So, obviously, as a general surgeon, you're doing things like you mentioned, like gallbladder surgeries and appendix appendicitis and that type of thing. Do the do the um, robotic um, do the robotic uh, instruments? Can they only be used in the abdomen, or can they be used on other things too? They can be
6: used on the on the thorax in uh, the chest. Uh, there are robotic got techniques being devised for a variety of areas, including the neck. And the prostate is an interesting application. It's one of the premier uses of the robot is in urologic prostate cancer surgery. But the abdomen is definitely the dominant domain
1: for the robot. Okay. Is it, I mean, there's there's kind of a, a little bit of room, and there. there's a lot of stuff in there, but there's a little bit more room, right?
6: Yes, the the abdomen and the chest have have a degree of of space, which is ideal for the robotic platform. Yeah, right
1: I can just I can just imagine how much this helps a patient from like, like I said earlier, from a recovery standpoint. I can only for, imagine for some operations it makes a huge difference. For other operations, not so much. So I think each surgeon
6: picks and chooses what they use the robot to do. Um, there, is, there are some variances between surgeons in terms of preferences. Uh, one surgeon will use the robot for a gallbladder. Another surgeon will still use laparoscopic instruments for the gallbladder. And there's adva- advantages and disadvantages. There's no one right way. For some operations, there's well-demonstrated advantages. For instance, prostate surgery, hernia repair, and For hysterectomy, sure,
1: and and I I guess that's probably something as a patient you need to always advocate for yourself. Though that's a question you should be asking.
6: I think so. We we have a huge agricultural community that works very hard. We have a very uh, hard-working class community here. People have physical jobs. Hernias are a huge issue. Anybody that has a groin hernia or an umbilical hernia or a incisional hernia. The ro- for them, the robot is such a nice technique, especially in the groin. Sure. And inguinal hernias are, are just amazingly well served by the robotic technique. Yeah,
1: it's a fascinating world. Uh, all right, we're going to come back and we're going to talk a little GERD and chronic heartburn in a little bit. But right now, quick break, and then we're back with more here on 95X.
0: What's on your mind? I have some news I want to share. Want to hear it?
4: Yeah, it kind of depends what the news is. Is it good news? Good
0: news.
5: Great
0: good news. That's good news. Great.
1: That is good news. Good news. Let's hear it. All right, we're going to get to our good news. I just want to say about the laws, and there she goes. I always think of Gilmore Girls every time I hear that song. (laughs) Because if I recall correctly, the pilot episode, the very, very first debut episode of uh, Gilmore Girls, featured that as Lorelei was walking around town. (sighs) Ah. memories let's get to some good news desert dwellers know it well the smell of rain and the feeling of euphoria that comes when a storm washes over that parched earth the feeling and the health benefits that come with it may be the result of oils and other chemicals released by desert plants after a good soaking according to new research A research team identified 115 different organic compounds in 60 species of plants in uh, the Sonora Desert that were released into air immediately before, during and after the rain. Of these, 15 have been shown in past studies to offer tangible health benefits. Since the air is breathed in, they enter the bloodstream within minutes. The fragrant, volatile organic compounds from desert plants may in many ways contribute to improving sleep patterns, stabilizing emotional hormones, enhancing digestion, heightening mental clarity, reducing depression or anxiety. That's fantastic. That's what we need is we need that more holistic kind of stuff, right? Nature's supposed to supply that, right, doctor? Agreed. I live in the woods. That's right. And that's what it's all about. And another story for you to keep healthy. Enjoy. If you are a person that enjoys fish like mackerel or salmon, that's that really good oily fish. Did you know that you can slash your risk of developing Alzheimer's disease by nearly 50%? A new study just revealed that scientists found that people with high levels of omega-3 DHA in their blood were at 49% lower risk of getting the dilapating, I can't even say it, you know what I'm talking about, brain condition. This was particularly true for those carrying the APOE gene that doubles the chances of getting Alzheimer's. Uh, If those with the lowest levels were to reach out, With the highest, they would gain an extra 4.7 years of free Alzheimer's. So eat your oily fish, folks. Eat your oily fish, bottom line. All right, that is a look at a little bit of good news this morning. Right now, it is 7.46. As mentioned, we've been spending the morning at Watertown Regional Medical Center. Dr. Adam Dockman is uh, joining us right now, general surgeon. Uh, We were going to talk about chronic heartburn and GERD anyways. I wanted to ask you, before we get into the actual treatments about there, let's talk about preventative maintenance. How can a person help themselves out from a preventative standpoint? Are there, are there do's and don'ts, things that people shouldn't be doing?
6: In regards to which condition? Any condition?
1: I would say I would say anything that would be GERD or heartburn related.
6: Fitness and, 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 and maintenance of appropriate weight are two key elements. So exercise really improves the quality of function of the upper gastrointestinal tract, So if you have good muscular fitness with good cardiovascular fitness, you're less likely to actually have heartburn on a regular basis. The second thing is maintaining a healthy weight. Not only does it help you prevent diabetes and helps reduce the risk of heart disease, but it also reduces the risk of acid
1: reflux. What about um, things that we eat? or things that we drink, you, you off, I've often heard that things like, um, like drinking a lot of, maybe like a lot of soda or something like that can be really bad for you. I mean, is, is there any research behind that?
6: Well, certain foods do trigger more acid secretion in the stomach and also do have an effect on the valve down at the lower esophagus at the top of the stomach. Uh, some people will reproducibly say tomato-based foods like tomato sauce on pizza will give them heartburn. Alcohol reduces the effectiveness of the valve down at the low esophagus that's supposed to shut and keep the acid in the stomach. Some people say chocolate bothers them. Citrus fruit, kind, uh, orange juice, grapefruit juice sometimes can trigger heartburn. But as far as the cause go, goes, it's not so much that these foods cause the problem. Ultimately, the true cause of heartburn and acid reflux is a faulty valve mechanism at the lower esophagus at the top of the stomach.
1: Is that something then that can be I don't want I I don't want to say the word easily because that's never there's never an easy surgery. Uh, every surgery can can come with its risk. But is that something that can be corrected?
6: It can be corrected. It's not always necessary to correct. It's often an elective decision. Some people will choose to have it corrected so they don't have to use medications so that their symptoms improve I usually equate heartburn surgery to LASIK surgery on the eyes. Okay. It's something people can choose to do. In the case of heartburn surgery, most of the time it's covered by insurance, uh, whereas the eye procedures are usually cash only. Uh, Heartburn procedures vary. Uh, We do a, a variety of operations to improve the performance of the valve at the lower esophagus. One of the procedures we do, that we do does not involve any incisions. We do it down through the mouth. That's called a transoral operation using a natural orifice procedure. Uh, we call it a transoral incisionless fundoplication, which is also called a TIF, T-I-F. There's other procedures that we use the robot for, where we repair hiatal hernias, which sometimes cause acid reflux. And there are other operations where we sew portions of the stomach around the lower esophagus to various degrees to help control reflux. And lastly, sometimes we'll use a magnetic bracelet around the lower esophagus to help augment the function of that valve down at the lower esophagus. So there's a variety of procedures and there's a variety of techniques. And ultimately, if someone is troubled with heartburn to the point where it's really affecting their quality of life, then they really should seek some professional guidance. If heartburn is only occasional, I always tell people just keep some Tums in your 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 cabinet at home and when you get heartburn take it and that's the end result anyway of all treatments is to just stop the heartburn
1: right you you brought up right off the top though about the the exercise portion of things and maintaining a healthy weight have you yourself had a a chance and you've been doing this a long time have you ever had anybody where they maybe were not doing that and they started to exercise and they started to get on top of their healthy weight and they saw that situation turn around absolutely absolutely so
6: hundred percent. It, and there's, there, there are actually some weight parameters we follow. We won't operate on people if they're above a certain body mass index, right. usually over, over 35 for some of our procedures. So the ideal body mass index is about 28-ish, depending on the person. So once we start, you know, if somebody's obese. We usually won't operate on them. We'll usually start with counseling to try to encourage them to get their body down to a weight that's more healthy.
1: You know, we've done a lot of education over the years in regards to how bad smoking is for people. And you can throw smoking in as part as probably a problem with this as well. It seems like that education has at least reached people over the years more so than the obesity problem that we're seeing. It It seems like. We're at right now with obesity where we were back in the early 70s or late 60s with smoking.
6: I tell patients that so, 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 many, so many folks have a genetic disposition towards being overweight. And it's not altogether their fault. Right. They, but they need help. I always tell people when it comes to weight loss, you can't do it on your own. Uh, most people that try to do it alone fail. Uh, not all of them, but many of them. Uh, losing weight is very difficult and it requires help. And there's so many resources. And here at Watertown Regional, there's actually a whole weight loss program through the, the, um, the fitness center uh, where there's dietitians and there's programs and people are given customized tools to help address their goal to reduce their body weight.
1: Yeah, and we know, and we know now the effects of it. Um, colonoscopies. So that was one more thing I wanted because I know general surgeons do colonoscopies. You probably have done a few in your lifetime. Yeah,
6: I always say I've done at least eighteen thousand, <laughs> which is true. That's a real number. Uh, I'm, I'm sure I've prevented hundreds of cancers.
1: Colonoscopies. People. The first thing that people will talk about is oh, the prep you got to go through. Oh, the prep. Oh, the prep. Geez, that prep is a lot easier to handle than ending up with a rectal cancer of some sort, isn't it? I
6: agree. I couldn't have said it better.
1: So, um, when it comes to going in for colonoscopy, I'm due for my my colonoscopy because it's been 10 years. Um, When it comes to a colonoscopy, from a safety standpoint, it still is the only, like the only cancer that you can detect before it becomes an issue right or one of the It's the only cancer you can prevent. Right. With
6: a colonoscopy. Colonoscopy is the only preventive procedure in the universe of medicine. There is no other procedure that can actually apply itself to a human being and stop them from getting a cancer.
1: So, polyps when if you find polyps inside uh, of somebody, let's say they're coming in for they, they have a family history and they're and they're 40 years old and they're coming in for a colonoscopy and you find polyps after, If you find polyps, is somebody going to be on a more accelerated plan then to get colonoscopies more often?
6: Well, if the polyps are the pre-cancer type called an adenoma, then yes. Depending on the number we remove and the size of those polyps, we'll make a recommendation for how often the patient should return. And those, those, those recommendations can change over the years if somebody only makes polyps once and at subsequent colonoscopies doesn't make any more polyps, then sometimes we'll loosen things up a little bit because we've proven that the
1: patient is out of danger, so to speak. Uh, all I know is that when I had mine, I went in and I woke up and I went home. That's the only thing I remember about my colonoscopy. It's it's generally an
6: uneventful intervention with few exceptions. Right. Um, There are risks. Um, Complications are uncommon, but they can occur. But when the other tests compared to colonoscopy, say a coligard, the coligard misses one in 10 cancers and it only detects most, half of the polyps. So it really is not a prevention strategy at all. It's only a, an, a detection strategy and it and it's not perfect. But in, nowadays, there's just simply no reason for anyone to not have some kind of screening. If they're absolutely opposed to doing the colon prep or the colonoscopy, there are alternatives, albeit they're not as good as a colonoscopy.
1: Yeah, I'll tell you what, for that little discomfort for a day, I would rather know when the uh, the doctor like you walks in and says, Hey, clean bill of health. Looks perfect in there.
6: The only people I find colon cancer on nowadays, with few exceptions, are people who have not had colonoscopies.
1: Right, yeah. Uh, Dr. Dockman, thank you so much for spending some time with us this morning. Thanks for having me. It was fantastic, and congratulations on your daughter's upcoming wedding. And same to you. Appreciate that. We're going to come back with more live from Watertown Regional Medical Center coming up.
5: In sports, Beaver Dam post 146. White Construction scored a couple of runs in the bottom of the seventh to edge Belleville seven to six last night. They will host Columbus tonight. A game you can watch on Daily Dodge TV, presented by Columbus Family Dental. Hometown Glass and Improvement in the Beaver Dam Unified School District. The John Deere pregame show set for 5:50. The first pitch set for six o'clock. Will fell to St. Mary Springs seven to three? Rowdy Tellez homered twice, including the go-ahead solo shot in the eighth. The Brewers sweep their two-game set with Tampa with the 5-3 win on Wednesday. They open up a four-game set in Pittsburgh tonight, 6 5 the first pitch on WBEV. That is your DailyDodge.com Sports Update. I'm Wade Bates. It is about six minutes after 8 o'clock. A beautiful day.
1: Looks like we're going to have another gem today, folks. Uh, might be a little bit sticky out there when you walk outside, but still going to be a beautiful day. Uh, we're live today from Watertown Regional Medical Center, and it is a great day to come down here and get to know the folks again. Like I say, for me, personally, it's been about 15 years since I last broadcast from this very, very area, This the old, the old cafeteria back in the day. Hi, Patty. Hi, good morning. It's good to know you. How do you pronounce your last name? Gedimer. Gedimer, all right. Patty Gedimer, Chief Nursing Officer. I, I like the way that sounds. That's right. got a really cool sound. Right, soundtrack.
7: right. Super cool. Very important. A very
1: <laughs> I, You know, I knew that when I first saw you that the words very important came right out. So, how long have you been with Watertown?
7: I've been here just over two and a half years. I started uh, three months before uh, the pandemic hit.
1: Oh, that's a great it, time to start a it job. It was
7: really interesting, yeah.
1: <laughs> Talk about having to change things up in mm-hmm. a hurry. My goodness. Before that, you said you you spent most of your time in the Racine area?
7: Yeah, Racine. I grew up there, and then I raise our family in Oak Creek area.
1: Okay. Know mm-hmm. the area very well. Yeah. Know the area it's very well. great area. Very well. You know, you got to go past Rawson Road and all that's that. That's right. Kind of get down there. So what? Let's let's start from the beginning for you. Uh, Give us a little bit of your background. Did you? When did you become an RN? I mean, was it?
7: Sure, a a long time ago.
1: In a galaxy (laughs) far, far far away. away. (laughs)
7: Right. It's been almost thirty-one years that I've been a nurse. Really? Yeah.
1: So you started like when you were seven.
7: Seven. Right. Exactly. I was accelerated. Yeah. That's that's awesome (laughs) that you were
1: able to do that. So so thirty-one years uh, being in a nurse. You've moved yourself up to this position. Mm -hmm. What's what's it like to go from a position where you're like doing probably a lot of patient care to now doing what you're sure,
7: doing. Sure, sure. Well, I started as a nursing assistant way back at a nursing home, and then at St. Joseph's in Milwaukee, I worked there as well, and it's been interesting. I think I've learned a lot along the way. Um, I always love patient care, so I would like to continue to stay in the hospital and work uh, and be involved but yeah it's been fascinating
1: as a as a chief um as a chief nursing officer what what are your responsibilities i mean are you overseeing nurses
7: then yeah i'm overseeing seeing quite a bit of the clinical care within the hospital is primarily where i work so i'm over nursing but i also work with the radiology department lab pharmacy um, and and all of the nursing departments
1: if you are a wise individual like i like to be sometimes You know that doctors are really important, and CEOs, man, they make things tick. But when you get to the bottom line, nurses are the most important at the end of the day,
7: right? (laughs) Well, the frontline caregivers absolutely really are. They do the work. That's where the rubber meets the road, right right there. So they're the ones that are with the patients and people 24 hours a day. They're there at 2 a.m. when nobody else is around caring for people with you know, in here a great deal of integrity, and uh, I think our staff does an amazing job.
1: You can have all the schooling that you want, Mm -hmm. and schooling is great, education is great, I'm not saying that, but at the end of the day, to be a great nurse, I got to believe it all comes back to compassion.
7: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I believe so too. You have to want to be there and care for people, and it's, it's an art. There's science behind everything we do, but nurses and other caregivers, clinicians who choose to stay in patient care, they, they, it's in their heart. It's, it's a calling.
1: It's, I, I know so many nurses still to this day. Um, I work with a lot of, uh, in fact, I, I, I'm a personal trainer when I'm not doing this, and so I have several nurses that are in classes that I'm in classes with. And nurses, you can spot a nurse almost any time. Because if some if somebody comes in and they say, oh, I've got a little bit of this going on, right away the nurse is the first to say, okay, so how, how long has this been going on, blah, blah, blah. And right away they kind of launch right into it. Is that just something that you, you just is... You know, an instinct
7: or something? Yeah, it's embedded in our DNA. Once you're a nurse, you're always a nurse. Always on. Always watching. Paying attention to the people in the restaurants around you.
1: <laughs> it's. It is. It, again. It all comes back to compassion. Yeah. So what do you what do you like about uh, living in the Watertown area? Because I know that obviously it's taken you away from a lot of close family, family and, and that Friends. type of thing. But how? But how has it been for you to integrate into this?
7: Well, it's been f- interesting because uh, I think I told you three months after I started here, the pandemic started and everything shut down. Sure. So we were just my husband Norbert and I moved here and we're getting to know the community and then it shut down so we but i do love the parks we were able to at least go walk in the parks uh and get outside in this community Uh, i love now that things are reopening the downtown area and i'm I'm excited to see what the future holds for the downtown because it's an adorable little uh downtown area
1: yeah i mean there's something there's something that's really cool about and i've been doing this for my most of my adult life about living in a smaller community, mm-hmm. um, but being close to other things. Mm-hmm. Being close to Madison, being right. close to Milwaukee, being close to your family. Right. I mean, maybe an hour or an hour and a half away, mm-hmm. but it's not not no. like you gotta jump on an airplane. That's right. 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 So uh, I, I tell you what, this hospital has undergone a lot mm-hmm. of changes since I moved here 25 years mm-hmm. ago. I remember being this being just a really tiny little facility. Seriously, because my wife is from Eustisford, okay, and so, you know, been around this this whole thing for almost forty years, and I remember coming here with her once when this was just a tiny little facility. And you see what it's grown into it's, right now. Wow,
7: it's much bigger than people expect. And There's a lot going on here,
1: isn't it? And I mentioned this to Richard when we first started off the show. When you think of a community the size of Watertown, one of the pinnacles of the community is going to be the hospital. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's gonna be one of the most important buildings and one of the most important organizations in a community. And it's neat to see how much you guys have continued to add Mm -hmm. on, not just from a physical standpoint, But the services, Services. yeah.
7: Sure. Yeah, and we believe that. We know that this community relies on us for their health care, and so we take it very, very, very seriously. The people that work here uh, are so dedicated uh, to everything we do, and uh, we provide great care, which is really great. There's a lot of
1: stuff that uh, sometimes maybe goes not talked about but Mm -hmm. makes you guys really proud of Accreditations and that Mm -hmm. kind of thing Can you talk a little bit about some of the things
7: Absolutely We are accredited, we have an accredited lab, our radiology department's accredited, so we have several accreditations within the hospital which show that we are meeting quality standards and we're following appropriate, um, safe processes. One accreditation I'd like to highlight is our cardiac accreditation that we have. I think Richard mentioned earlier that we have a 24-7 heart attack care. in that cath lab we are accredited and that shows that we meet standards, we, have, we monitor our quality every day. We're always watching and making sure that we're meeting all the best practices.
1: You know, it would you say that, I don't want to say, I don't want to use the word lucky, um, but it's, it's fortunate mm-hmm. for the people of this community and the surrounding area to have this facility here,
7: yeah, it is. And, and adding the cardiac program, 24/7 is really important because, as we say, time is muscle. The sooner you get to a cath lab to open up a blood vessel if you're having a heart attack, the better outcomes you'll have. You can h- walk away with minimal, minimal damage if you can get in there quickly. So, how are it's how really is good at it?
1: How is your nursing department doing right now from a standpoint of staffing? Do you guys are you are you actively looking for people? If here, If somebody's hearing our broadcast right now, mm-hmm. you'd, say, you'd tell them what?
7: Absolutely. We're hiring in many departments, and it's been a, a great place to work. I'm so happy I came here, and I, we have a lot of wonderful people who work here who choose to stay here because of the quality of care that we provide. And yeah, we're absolutely hiring in many departments. Not all, but many. How, how
1: easy is it for somebody to apply?
7: Very on the website, on our website, you can apply.
1: Okay, and what what is the website, by the way?
7: It's Watertown Regional. Steve, yeah, <laughs> WatertownRegional.com. Don't quiz me. I knew, I knew, I knew,
1: it's just it's just like when you ask somebody yeah. what their phone number I'm is. I'm like,
7: I don't know my own number. No.
1: <laughs> but but it is it is a great place to work. It's something you mm-hmm. if somebody's out there listening right now, you'd highly recommend.
7: I would. I, would, I don't regret making this move at all. It was a really uh, a, a great opportunity, and I love this organization.
1: All right. Okay, think- so, so let me just throw this out at you. Is there some interesting fact about you that nobody knows or not many people know?
7: Somebody? Interesting fact. Yeah, is there so any calendar? This is calendar a tough thing? one. No, well, actually, I'll tell you about my first job. Uh, Richard and I have a little something in common. That uh, my first job was at Burger King, and I was their birthday party clown. <laughs>
1: that is
7: most embarrassing facts today that is
1: that is incredible (laughs) did you do the whole face paint and
7: everything yeah
1: how long did that last
7: oh maybe a year or so one of the best things i got to do there was a little girl i mean and i don't even like clowns so you know but i but there was a little girl who was terrified of clowns and um i her mom brought her in early and I actually taught her, you know, how to put on the clown makeup and I put a little on her and showed her, you know, that it's just easy and so I helped her get over oh. her fear of clowns. And so that was a nice little memory I have from that. Oh. See I, that caring nurse before I was even on high school.
1: <laughs> I um I, I I like that that same thing when I when I get somebody that um, I'm doing a remote at and they're super nervous about being on the radio. Mm-hmm. And it's always that really good feeling when you start talking to them and you can tell that they just kind of relax finally because they're not so uptight because, I mean, we're talking about stuff that you know about, mm-hmm. right? You know, I mean, if you want to talk about political sanctions and stuff like that, we can talk about that. Um, but, it, you know, and it's always that good feeling when you can see somebody just kind of relax and kind of like, okay, I can accept this. Then yes. they get done, they go, well, that wasn't so, so bad. bad. Right. <laughs> right. So that's what we like yeah, to do. That's good. We are going to talk with Jennifer, get you all caught up on today's weather. We've got five random facts plus more coming up from... Watertown Regional Medical Center, straight ahead on ninety-five X.
0: It's the morning show. I listen every morning. Funny be much better than coffee on ninety-five X.
1: All right, it is twenty minutes after eight o'clock, and again we say good morning to you. We're live from the Watertown Regional Medical Center. It's going to be an absolutely beautiful day. Maybe a little bit sticky for some people, but you're not going to have you're not going to hear me complain because the sun is out. And that means we can get outside and enjoy it, in, at least in some way. Jennifer going to join us right now to talk south-central Wisconsin weather. Good morning to you, Jennifer.
4: Good morning to you.
1: Uh, so give us the rundown here, kiddo, before we get to your five random facts. What, what are we going to be uh, preparing for? Because we've got uh, the big 4th uh, of July weekend coming. A lot of people may be off three or four days here. What, what kind of weather are we going to be enjoying over those next couple of days?
4: Yeah, so it does look like we can expect to see some sunshine here for the day today. Highs getting up right around about the upper 80s, a little above average for this time of the year. Chance for showers and thunderstorms coming in here late tonight. Cloudy skies overnight, lows around about 65. Just a slight chance for showers and thunderstorms here early today, otherwise, or early, excuse me, on Friday. Then partial sunshine for the day, high around 79 degrees, 82 here on Saturday with some sunshine. Sunday, we do have a slight chance for showers and thunderstorms. Blend of clouds and sunshine develops high around 82 degrees. Pretty similar forecast for the 4th of July holiday coming up on Monday. Slight chance for showers here with a blend of clouds and sunshine developing high around about 83. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wichitsky.
0: This is five random facts. Let's spin the random wheel of topics. Yeah, he's just saying random words. On the 95X morning show.
1: All right, here we go. It's time for your five random facts. Some of these facts you may have heard. Some of these facts you may have not heard. Some of these facts you may you wish you had never heard. But they're five random facts, right, Patty? Right. So if they're random, they have to be random. Absolutely. Random fact number one, Ralston Perina. You know them. They make dog food. Well, in 1985, they introduced us to something else. Chex-Mex. That's right. They were the first ones that gave us Chex-Mex back in 1985, the very first version. There it is. I didn't know that. No. Now? Now you know the rest now of the story. Now I know. Yep. Random fact number one. Only one person in history, only one that we know of has ever been hit by a meteorite. A woman named Ann Hodges in Alabama was in her house in November of 1954 when a chunk of meteorite broke through her ceiling and hit her in the thigh. She did survive. But she's the only person that we know of that's ever been hit by a meteorite. Learned something new today, didn't you? All right, here's something that you did not know that you probably wish you didn't know. Did you know that moths rub their private parts together to signal bats... It jams bats' radar. The sound jams bats' radar. <laughs> learned something new, <laughs> didn't knew? you? Who guys, learned right? something new. That's incredible. Now, this is a, a, this is a different random fact That's that's kind of the same. Did you guys know if you ever have a bat in your house, the best thing you can do is get a can of hairspray and spray a cloud in front of the bat. The bat will fly into it and immediately drop to the ground. I did not, I heard this and did not know it was true until I had a bat in my house. I grabbed a, ca- a can of hairspray, as the bat was flying around, I sprayed a huge cloud in the air, it flew into the hairspray and dropped right to the ground. It completely screws up their radar. Just like moth <laughs> Uh Anyways, <clears throat> pound for pound, do you guys know what the strongest organism in the world is? Strongest organism in the world. It's everybody's favorite, gonorrhea. (laughs) They can pull about 100,000 times their body weight. So, Steve, that would be like you going outside right now and pulling Watertown Regional Medical Center across the parking lot. That'd be pretty cool. So, yeah, it would be like um, a human being pulling 15 million pounds. And lastly, here's one, and Thomas, this is one I know 100% that you knew, but maybe some other people did not. If you've ever seen the movie Psycho, the Alfred Hitchcock classic, where the killing Mm -hmm. scene in the shower, they used chocolate syrup as the blood. And the reason being is it showed up better on black and white film than ketchup or anything that was red in color. So you gotta do what you gotta do.
7: Well makes sense.
1: Plus it's a lot easier to clean up afterwards, (laughs) licking that off the floor. Jennifer on that note, you go out and make it a great rest of the day. Have a fantastic time today and we will talk to you soon.
4: Thanks, all you too.
1: All right, there's Jennifer with a look at the weather forecast. It's 826. We are live at Watertown Regional Medical Center and Patty is joining us, the Chief Nursing Officer. Boy, I'll tell you what, Um, I'm sure that there are a lot of different ways as Chief Nursing Officer that you're looking at things and constantly looking where can we get better, Mm -hmm. what do we do really good. So how do you measure the quality of care? Sure.
7: So we measure it every day. We watch for any sort of complications or we prevent complications and I'm notified of any sort of uh, issue that we have in the organization in a timely fashion. So we monitor that carefully. We report publicly report our data as well and then we're compared to other organizations and then we get scored on that as well. So we report to one organization called LeapFrog and LeapFrog compares hospitals all over the a nation and we are a leapfrog a for the sixth period in a row so the highest score you can get we've been that for three years straight so is that mm-hmm. does that lump all hospitals all together? hospitals so
1: it's not like no. by hospital size of community or anything like yeah that?
7: it compares it compares uh, all sorts of different data points that we look at with, with, and really focuses on preventable harms or errors and prevention of any sort of harms and we are consistently an A, and we work hard to make sure that we do that by focusing on patient safety.
1: Right. So, I mean, obviously there's, there's probably protocols that you guys have mm-hmm. found out that what works and what doesn't mm-hmm. work. And by finding out what works and sticking with it, you end up being an A for six years or six yeah, periods absolutely. in a row. Yeah, absolutely.
7: And we focus on that. For example, I am—I have a CPPS certification, which is a certified professional in patient safety, as well as Richard, our CEO, has that, and Susie, our chief safety officer, has that as well. So we take it very, very seriously as an executive team as well as throughout the organization. And that helps us make sure that we create a culture that focuses on patient safety and have team members who will raise if they see something questionable or they're just not sure about something or have a concern or have an idea, we work hard to make sure that the team members who care for the patients can bring forward any concerns that they have.
1: Now, are, are there any other... Or ideas. I was going to say, is there are there any other quality or um, safety awards that you guys uh, are kind of proud of? I mean, six sure. years, six periods in a row yeah. is a pretty good thing to be Yeah, for that
7: LeapFrog A. Another one that we recently received, Newsweek listed us in the best maternity hospitals in the nation as well. Mm-hmm. Really? So they, that focuses on patient uh, patient satisfaction data, recommendations by our doctors, our lead, our managers, nursing leaders, as well as data points. So C-section and information about breastfeeding. So all quality data goes into that. And we're we're listed as one of the best in the country.
1: Well, and from what I am told, the Women's Health Center that you have here is unbelievable. Yeah,
7: it's really, truly beautiful. It's a beautiful space. Well done. And we have incredible nurses that work in there. I mean, you can have
1: you can have beautiful spaces and you can mm-hmm. have neat buildings and everything like that, but at the end of the day, it is the people.
7: It's the people. Right. And we, we care for our community. You know, we, we look at our our patients, they're our neighbors, our friends, our family, so we very much take pride in the work that we do and make sure that we're doing an excellent job for them. Of course, we keep things confidential and we don't talk about that, but we take it seriously. Sure. Um, so we want to be very proud. We are. We should be proud of the work we do here. It's a, an incredible hospital.
1: Yeah, it is an incredible hospital. I, I love looking back. I love looking back at where we were, where we are, and where mm-hmm. we're going. And when you see all the new technologies that are available, we were talking to uh, Dr. Adam before mm-hmm. about the robotic stuff. Yep. And just the way he described how... The arms, they, they manipulate. And you're sitting there going, oh, my goodness. Yeah. This is something that... This has got to be one of the biggest breakthroughs, like ever, in the mm-hmm. history of medicine. Mm-hmm. But there are constantly things that constantly. are evolving. Mm-hmm. The one thing that does not, that never changes from a nursing though, is going to go back to that word compassion.
7: Mm-hmm. Compassion, caring, and the the things that people do uh, when nobody else is looking. We have a great deal of integrity and, and and wonderful people. So yeah, that's that's the heart of it all.
1: Now, when it, when somebody is nobody looks forward to being in. Of the hospital, right? Um, so you obviously want to make it as comfortable as you can for people. You, you know, anybody that's ever tried to sleep in a hospital—if you're hooked up to a bunch of machines and mm-hmm. stuff like that—there's beeping and people checking on you all the time. But obviously, there's a reason for that. Mm-hmm. You know, you're in the hospital. You're in the hospital to be taken care of. Right. Exactly. So, so, um, what, what are, what are some of the new things? Are, sure. are there anything? Are there things newer for your nurses? I mean, are, are there are there new technologies that make their life easier and make it easier for them to do their job?
7: Well, what we just replaced our cardiac telemetry system. So for heart monitoring, uh, we so we're able to watch patients' heart monitor. So we just replaced that. Uh, the electronic health record, of course, uh, brings a a lot of uh, good tools for the nursing staff as well. We have new imaging equipment in our orthopedic and sports medicine clinic to make sure that we have really accurate and high quality images. And then you heard all about the robot and and Dr. uh, (laughs) Adam Dockman's- uh, uh, New toy. New toy, (laughs) right, that he loves very much. Yeah, it's really wonderful equipment. so, yeah,
1: it makes it makes it for just a uh, a better experience for the patient, better mm-hmm. outcome, which mm-hmm. at the end of the day is yeah. the, probably one of the most important words we use mm-hmm. when we're talking about coming to a hospital is the word outcome. Right. And I, I got to believe when you've got the tools to do that kind of thing, I just in talking to Dr. Dockman about this, you could just tell how excited he was about how much easier it was on the surgeons, mm-hmm. you know, it, there, it wasn't as involved with the shoulders and the elbows and all those other things making it easier, but it also making it better.
7: Mm-hmm. Right, it's it's better for the patients when we're able to use that technology. Another new piece of equipment we have here is a retinal, uh, a laser for surgery with Dr. Vogel, is doing retinal surgeries here at Watertown. Even uh, six months ago, uh, We had to head to freighter for that type of surgery, and now we're doing it here at Watertown Regional Medical Center. That's
1: the cool thing Mm -hmm. about the direction that we're starting to see. I mean, you guys are getting that that more specialty stuff right Mm -hmm. here, so people aren't having to travel out of town. Don't
7: have to leave town.
1: Oh, fantastic. We're going to come back with uh, news. Ninja will update us on news and then later on we'll get to today's day in history here on 95 X time for today's day in history we are making history here people we're making history you are on the wrong side of history my friend
5: (laughs) you guys ready to make history
1: on the 95 X morning show all right Thomas let's do it today's day in history yes the last day of June at that Richard Yes, it is. You are correct. Tomorrow is the first of the seven of the 22. Well, let's start off with
2: 1859. That is the year that Jean-Francois Galvette, known as Emile Blodin, became the first uh, daredevil to walk across Niagara Falls on a tightrope. Yep. Uh, it I doesn't saw, mention if he was successful I, or not.
1: Yeah, I think he was successful, and, and they did it again... Here about 10 years ago. Uh, I, rem- I It might have been a relative of his, but I remember it was a big production that they did at night. He was walking on this tightrope across Niagara Falls. And I just, the thing I kept on thinking about was what about all that mist, you know, that settles in on top of that t- tightrope? That would kind of get me a little bit, eh. Yeah. But I'm sure he had probably special shoes that was able to. I think that's probably one thing we don't focus on is the special shoes that they use to walk on there. They're probably like suction cups, and we just don't even know it. Uh, well, right, that's, what else that's you got, point. Yeah, well,
2: 1886, the United States Division of Forestry was recognized and established by an act of Congress. And Congress also did something on this day. Maybe they could look back for more inspiration. 1906, they passed the Meat Inspection Act and Pure Food and Drug Act. Thank goodness oh. for that
1: yes indeed that is an important one
2: uh what else happened today the uh, 180 or 1908 the tunguska event happened near Lake bakal in russia it destroyed 770 square miles in eastern siberia it was probably a big meteor
1: but we don't know for sure really I've never heard of this one. I thought for sure you were going to say that somebody had an accidental nuclear warhead or something. Well, in 1908? Yeah, that's true. That
2: would be weird, but uh, who knows? The National Organization for Women now was founded in 1966. 71, Ohio ratifies the 26th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution, reducing the voting age to 18, putting the amendment into effect. And finally, do the right thing was released in theaters nineteen eighty nine. I don't know if you've seen that, Rick. It's a Spike Lee movie. It is uh, phenomenal. It's a really good movie. What's it? What's it about, Thomas? It's about a hot summer day in, uh, I think it's in the Bronx, and it, it just all. Of it I mean, it's a perspective of Black America, but it is really a, a powerful film, especially at the end.
1: Okay. All right. I remember. I remember hearing about it, and I remember Spike Lee directed it, but I did not know he stars in what it, it too. Was I didn't
2: realize that. Yeah, I was like, "Wow, know. that's a really young Spike." Jeez. Uh, good movie though. Celebrity birthdays today. Kind of a mixed bag here. Michael Phelps is thirty-seven, the most decorated Olympian of all time. He's won a total of twenty-eight Olympic medals. Twenty-three of those are gold. That's incredible.
1: Yeah, and he just uh, went into the swimming and para swimming hall of fame, which uh, was a no-brainer, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Rick
2: Gonzalez, he was Renee slash Wild Dog on Arrow, is forty-three. Monica Potter, who was Christina Braverman on Parenthood or Braverman on Parenthood, and Lori Colson on Boston Legal, is fifty-one. Mike Tyson, Iron Mike. Is 56 today. Congratulations. Vincent D'Offrey, you know.
1: Oh, yeah, Vincent D'Offrey. D'Onofrio.
2: D'Onofrio, thank you. is 63. He was uh, in the Jurassic World movie. He was in Law and Order, Criminal Intent, Full Metal Jacket, and Kingpin in the Daredevil series. David Allen Greer is 66 in Living Col- Color Superstar. He was also the uh, police officer in the first jumanji with robin williams and finally one of the original supremes florence ballard was born today 1943 and passed in 1976 what a tragic ending to her career she was fired and wound up on welfare before she died
1: yeah yeah she had a rough go um after she was released from the Supremes, that is for sure. That is today's day in history. We're going to come back one more time, uh, wrap things up here from Watertown Regional Medical Center. Plus, we've got our final kickin' a classic, which has got a tie to today's day in history. That's all coming up on ninety-five X. <laughs> It is 849, and we have had a lot of fun here this morning at Watertown Regional Medical Center. Uh, Patty, of course, the chief nursing officer, has been spending the last hour with us. We were just talking about the um, cafeteria that we're in, the cafe we are in. And boy, uh, have we come a long way in the world of hospital food or what? We have.
7: The food here is delicious at Harvest Market. Yeah, I bring home dinner probably twice a week, and the food that we have for the patients here is amazing. When I was an, uh, I was a patient here myself, and I had, I was telling you I had creme brulee for dessert. <laughs> it was like, delightful. What? Yeah.
1: Come on. The food's
7: amazing. So, mm-hmm.
1: can people still um, order food to take out?
7: Yep, you can order online and then take it out. Some soon, hopefully, we'll be able to open it back up to the public. But right now, the public can come in, order, and uh, take it to go. Oh
1: man, mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, and talk about reasonable.
7: Mm-hmm. Great prices. Yeah,
1: fantastic. Mm-hmm. And what is it with hospitals always having really good bakery?
7: Yeah. You know, it's, it's like... I know, it's really it's, tempting.
1: It's, <laughs> uh, are you kidding me? I was looking at those cinnamon rolls. That talk about tempting.
7: They're amazing. Uh,
1: you know, we learned a lot today about what you guys are all about, and I just wanted to take a, a moment to kind of recap for people... Um, About 10 years ago, you guys added a completely Mm -hmm. new section onto this hospital. It was before you, it was before (laughs) Before Richard, um, but it was a huge upgrade when it comes to emergency medicine and of course, women's health. And that is, would you say that that is like one of the, Real big talking points and
7: highlights of this hospital. Mm -hmm. It is, yeah. The facility is beautiful, Uh, especially women's health is amazing, and the ED is really well done. And then we're really looking forward to the upcoming months within women's health, too, because in addition to Dr. Siddiqui and Dr. McMaster, we have two new OBGYNs starting as well, Dr. Casey Axelson and Melissa Nells. And we're just so excited about the program and are looking forward to growing the program. It should be amazing it'll be great for the community I
1: was gonna say it seems like from a from a um, staffing situation it seems like uh, obgyn is becoming one of the hottest things mm-hmm. and one of the things that uh, so many medical facilities across the country are expanding on
7: mm-hmm. it's very important to give good care to moms so that they have that nice healthy babies uh, so the prenatal care and all of that starts you know with the the best care and the best beginnings for babies and families. It's really important.
1: So things constantly change in the world of medical facilities. I'm sure that there are more things on the horizon that we can't even talk about or we don't know about yet, right? Yep,
7: There's lots to come. We're looking forward to the next year or so. We'll have a lot of new things.
1: What is it with you folks down here that you're so excited about working at this facility? What is it?
7: I feel great every day that I come in. and that We have so many amazing people that work here, I and I truly mean that with... All of my heart. I've been a nurse for over 30 years, and I really do love coming to work every day and working with the people that are here. We have a great team. We have great leaders who, who take all of this very seriously um, and and want to do the best for our community.
1: If you had to rank uh, employees, where would Steve from Randolph fall on your list?
7: <laughs> oh, right at the top. He's right, right. He's right next to me. He's number one. <laughs>
1: We'll see, what, we'll see what she says when you leave, Steve. And that's what we're going to really do. Uh, we've had so much fun here. Uh, again, we want to remind people that uh, you are guys are always just a click away. Mm-hmm. And the website is really easy to remember, right? Y-
7: yes. I proved that earlier, too. But it is <laughs> watertownregional.com.
1: Look at that. You just got a, you got a thumbs up.
7: Thanks. See, you got, Steve's number one.
1: He's just he right. And he gave you the thumbs up, right. so that's always a good thing, because there's something else that he could have done, and that wouldn't have been so great. We had, we had a blast hanging with you guys today.
7: Yeah, thanks for being here.
1: It was a lot of fun. We hope to do it sometime in the not-so-distant future. We like to um, wrap up the program with one of our Kicking It Classics, one of those great songs that goes back a few years. And so we are going to do that right now with our final Kicking It Classic of the morning. Okay, so... I have to admit, in 1990, I was fully ingrained in the world of country music. For me, that's when country music was great. Garth Brooks, Clint Black, Alan Jackson, Martina McBride. Uh, It was a great time to be into country music. So there were some bands and there were some groups that kind of were coming out at that time I wasn't spending a lot of time doing or listening to. Well, it was this day in 1990 that a brand-new group hit, the, hit the, the airwaves, and kids everywhere were going crazy. You guys remember a little old group called New Kids on the Block? Yeah. They debuted with Step by Step on this day in 1990. And on that note, we wrap up from Watertown Regional Medical Facility and say thank you to all the folks that uh, welcomed us today. Thank you to Thomas back at the Radio Ranch for holding down the fort, as always, just doing an exceptional job. And on that note, here is your final Kickin' It Classic of the day.
0: From the 95X Ho-Chunk Gaming, Wisconsin Dell Studios, this is the Kickin' It Classic. It's the Kickin' It Classic
1: on the 95X Morning Show.